is a journal called Philosophy, Ethics, and Humanities in Medicine, Pornographic? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Michael Schwartz. Dr. Schwartz practices psychiatry in Austin, Texas, where he's also the medical director of the Irwin Foundation, a foundation supporting initiatives in psychiatric education, services delivery, and research. From this base, he edits the online, open-access, peer-reviewed journal, Philosophy, Ethics, and Humanities in Medicine. Dr. Schwartz is also a clinical professor of psychiatry at the University of Hawaii and an adjunct professor in philosophy and psychiatry at the University of Louisville. Dr. Schwartz has authored, co-authored, or co-edited over 100 papers and volumes and recently has co-edited the book, CNS Norepinephrine, Neurobiology and Therapeutics. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, Leslie. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, we were chatting this weekend, and you told me a very interesting story. What happened to you while at the Admirals Club in an unnamed airport? That, that's right, Leslie. I really am the editor-in-chief of Philosophy, Ethics, and Humanities in Medicine, and I thought that we were having an ethics journal. And I discovered when I went online in the Admirals Club that I was blocked from seeing my journal because it was called pornographic. How on earth could they label philosophy, ethics, and humanities in medicine pornographic? That seems ridiculous. I think it's actually fascinating. It's, it's frightening. It's ridiculous. It's an error, which was acknowledged. And it shows many, many sides to what is a, a, a problem nowadays. Philosophy, ethics, and humanities in medicine is a, is a medical journal. It's an ethics journal. The Admiral's Club, which is, of course, part of a corporation, has computer terminals there so that the public can go online when they're waiting for their airplane. And when you do that, you can access various sites. And as the editor-in-chief of my journal, I was waiting for my airplane, and I thought I would go and see if anyone had sent us correspondence or articles, and I went online, and I was blocked. Instead of being able to access one of the articles by Professor Murray, the computer terminal said pornographic and would not allow me to proceed. I was flabbergasted, actually. So was there a key word or something? I mean, philosophy, ethics, and humanities in the title certainly doesn't sound pornographic. What was the basis for this? Professor Murray's paper is about the good life. It's actually a very nice paper, and it's one of our more highly accessed papers. It's called Care and the Self, Biotechnology, Reproduction, and the Good Life. Reproduction. So that's the R word, and I guess that got us into trouble with the filter, which is provided by a company that basically operates in the background when you're in a company's place where you're looking online and blocks pornography. And I suppose the word reproduction activated the filter and it said pornographic. I took that rather personally. That means that I'm a pornographer. And I thought that that was a rather nasty thing to say about our journal. So I, I complained to the manager of the Admiral's Club. I will say that they were also flabbergasted and they agreed with me. And within 24 hours, I actually was called on the telephone by a high executive, the airlines, and also by the CEO of the company that provides the filter looking at the content that's coming online. So I think that was a a good beginning of a response. I also notified our editors and I said, well, what shall we do about this? And it is a work in progress. And I can tell you what, what, what happens is an airline company having a web terminal in their lounge where anyone can go online is probably terrified that children or adolescents or families might download pornography or access pornography or that some customer might access pornography. And of course, these terminals are 
available so that anyone can see them, so they're concerned about that. Mm -hmm. So they have these filters. Now, already that upsets a lot of people, but I think actually that it's reasonable to have a filter in one's home, and that's what this is. However, I think it is an error to block access by making the judgment that a website such as ours is pornographic. I think that, in retrospect, would have been better handled had the access just been blocked because some keyword came up and then we could have that removed and maybe they would just say unable to access. And in fairness, I believe that argument, which I also made with the company that has developed the website, is being listened to and I think that they have already modified their program and they're working like beavers to do that and they will do that. We're unblocked. Still though, it it, it really is a remarkable phenomenon. It's frightening that censorship like that can occur through a website and a, I guess it's a robotic online filter that will do that. There's a tremendous level of responsibility and also you got to watch your language. It's one thing to say access unavailable. It's another thing to say pornographic. Moral judgment there. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Michael Schwartz past recipient of the Dr. Marguerite Enier Prize at the University of Zurich in Switzerland for contributing to a more human world in which human beings with their mental needs stand in the center, a prize won previously by such illustrious figures as Piaget. We're discussing censorship and Dr. Schwartz's recent experiences in the airport. So, Michael, if we broaden this this whole issue into availability, the necessity for scientific discourse, really sounds like a, a perfect topic for your journal, <laughs> Philosophy, Ethics, and Humanities in Medicine. I think that it is, and I'm actually going to propose that there be a seminar on this entire topic because it's a troubling topic from multiple perspectives. Obviously, censorship is horrendous, and also it's horrendous to have a computer program or a privately owned company, for that matter, which is the company that develops the computer program, censoring the Internet. And and this is a very large and very well-respected company and a company that's won awards. And this model of corporate censorship is widely adopted, and I think it also operates in nations. So there's a whole issue of censorship and free speech. On the other hand, I think that internet and television and video game violence and pornography is another issue that really is an important issue that needs to be addressed. The average young person, by the time they reach adulthood, has been exposed to almost a million incidents of gratuitous violence. Pornography is widely, of course, available, and I think that when one has an international perspective, as we do with philosophy, ethics, and humanities and medicine, one wonders when people access the internet from all over the world and look at the United States, What they see representing my country is a little frightening because what they see typically would be, I suppose, gambling sites and pornography sites and et cetera. Also, one of our editors, Dr. Manfred Spitzer at the University of Ulm in Germany, a very eminent neuroscientist, is an expert on neuroplasticity, which is the way the brain as a living organism grows and responds to its environment. So if the audience is listening to Dr. Leslie Lunt and her radio show, you're helping people's brain grow in one direction. And if they're looking at pornography on the web, their brain is growing in another direction. What we see and what our world has around us really is very important in influencing who we are and what we are. And how far that goes really is a subject of tremendous controversy. Tell us about how we might think about 
reproduction. So the the word that triggered this whole chain of events was reproduction in the journal title. That's right. What do you see as, as the greater issues there? Well, Dr. Murray's paper is really a very interesting paper. He's talking about the capacity we have to choose really increasingly the kinds of kids we're going to have, the kinds of appearances they're going to have, designer kids, you might say. This whole subject, by the way, is a very big subject for philosophy, ethics, and humanities and medicine because it isn't clear how the new reproductive technologies and the genetic choices that now people can make, how how much of a science fiction world that is, or how real that is, what that means. Are we evolving towards extremely beautiful, extremely intelligent children? Or, as a matter of fact, is it also possible that we're evolving in the opposite direction? Is it possible that we're going to have a bimodal future of a small group of extremely beautiful and extremely talented children, but also perhaps children with uh, maybe Asperger's syndrome because they're bred? In other words, with domestication and breeding, there are unintended consequences. I mean, all of, all of these science fiction scenarios are very real and very plausible, and they're all being discussed in our journals. So we're going to have a lot of papers on reproduction and genetics and what the future is going to be like and what children are going to be like and how parents are going to choose children. All of that's going to be in the journal. You know, I also am thinking about those people involved in research in terms of reproduction and, uh, you know, just anatomy, how often their work, if published in an online access type situation, is going to be censored. What's the fix for this? Well, the other thing is that the filter censored the article Care and the Self, Technology, Reproduction, and the Good Life by Stuart Murray, but it didn't censor the article Revisiting the Argument from Fetal Potential by Bertha Meninen, which is about the viability of the fetus and the possibility of abortion and when the fetus becomes an individual. And Dr. Menina points out that twinning might occur, not on day one, but on day, I believe it's 15. I'd have to go look that up again, but does that mean that there is no individual until twinning occurs in the case of twins? And what is that? What is the consequence of that in terms of fetal potential? In other words, if we are having an abortion, is that destroying life or destroying potential life? And And these arguments, I think, also, the point that I'm making here is that these arguments in this paper possibly would have been censored by the filter had it mentioned uh, reproduction or abortion rather than fetal potential. Those words were not flagged. So there's a certain arbitrariness as to what gets censored and what doesn't get censored, or what gets blocked and what doesn't get blocked. Sounds like words of advice to people who are contributing to online open access types of material. (laughs) Use your words carefully, especially in the title. Or you too can be a pornographer. I also, though, was very encouraged by the uh, willingness of the company that, that really runs the program that does the choosing and blocking of content that the that they were very open in, in getting back to us and in revising their program. They are trying very much hard to not be censors. And what amazes me is the rapidity in which they responded. Because I think they're very sensitive to this sort of a charge, because in many ways they're doing something very audacious. They're, they're uh, determining what content goes into, uh, but, but again, the corporate sponsors are paying them for that. So again, that raises the issue, who determines what our morality is? Is it, is it corporate thinking? Is it really protecting the public? Is it something that should be discussed and debated openly? Is it These are just enormous issues. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Schwartz. We've been discussing content censorship, especially regarding his new 
online open access journal, Philosophy, Ethics, and Humanities in Medicine. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.